Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces Podcast, episode 338. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for all the love last week for the LP episode, LP of Run the Jewels and everything else. A lot of people enjoyed that because we, yeah, we really did a deep dive. I've been listening to LP for for 10, 15 years, I guess, maybe 20 years. I don't know. But um, yeah, it meant we could go deep. But this week's guest is, is two guests. It's it's the young offenders themselves, um, Alex Murphy and Chris Wally, who play Connor and Jock in Young Offenders. I'm a big fan of this show. Anyone who's been listening to my podcast for a while will know that the film of Young Offenders made my film of the year list the year it came out, and then the series that they've, they've just launched series three, all episodes are on iPlayer, has been absolutely fantastic. We get really into it. It was a really good chat. Yeah, they were just. Really lovely lads. I love this. I'm not going to ramble on t- too much, but I hope you enjoy the conversation. We mentioned Robert Sheehan, who's been on the podcast previously, so go back and give that episode a listen. And yeah, we just have a really good chat, so I hope you enjoy it. This is a oh, oh there's going to be a bonus episode on on Friday as well for all you film fans. I'm talking to Sh- Shanna Murphy, who's an amazing director who's just directed. It comes out on Friday. It's going to be on my films of the year list, a film called Baby Teeth. She also did um, Killing Eve and loads of other good stuff. But yeah, that's going to be on Friday. But for now, this is episode 338 of the Distraction Pieces podcast with Alex and Chris slash Connor and Jock slash The Young Offenders. And we're all recording. Right. I'll jump straight in. Um, I'm here today with with the the young offenders uh, themselves, Alex and Chris, um, who are Connor and Jock. How are you doing, guys? Oh, we're great. great. We had a you. bit of a technical difficulties there, but sure, we're here now. I was, was going to say, <laughs> are you feeling nice and relaxed for a casual interview after we've spent 20 yeah. minutes doing a Krypton factor of trying to make Zoom work? <laughs> I'm looking at my face there. Our characters' reputations. I know. I'm sweating. I'm actually sweating trying to get that sorted. But uh, well, we can all take a breath and we can all relax. It's all good, and we've we've got there in the end. Um, How have you found all the kind of doing press? Because series three seems like the biggest of the lot, like internationally outside of Ireland and everything. Yet it's the first one that you can't come to the UK to promote and stuff like that. So, So, how have you found it all over over the internet? Yeah, we had our first one there a few uh, a few weeks ago, and it was it was very strange. But there was something kind of nice about it. You're in your own house. You can go down and get some food, make a coffee. No one's kind of running you around the place. You just sit back, and you're in these random Zoom meetings. Uh, so you know, I think we, we've been doing okay. And you don't have to wear any pants, so it's grand. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's dead handy. Well, I mean, obviously, I want to talk about a, a series three, but I want to kind of rewind all the way back to the start of 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 growing up in 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 Cork because again the series is about two young lads in Cork and you and you're both from Cork right yeah mm-hmm. so yeah. so so what kind of kids were you and was acting kind of on the cards from a young age or did it kind of come out of nowhere yeah, i think um we were both kind of similar in that way i think i i knew when i was quite young 
that it was what I wanted to do. I think I probably realized that around the age of eight or nine and always said to my parents, oh, I'm going to be an actor. And uh, I think they put me into classes, but they probably thought like anything else. I think the only thing previously I wanted to do before that was to be a football player. And um, when I didn't get scouted for that, then I, I decided I want to be an actor. So I thought they, they, I think they might have thought I might grow out of it, yeah. but I never did. And then when I was coming in terms of like going to college or whatever, and they were talking about, did I want to go? What did I want to do in college? I was like, I want to go do, do drama school. I think at that point, then they were like, oh, he really does just want to do this. So, OK. But I was lucky. They were very um, supportive. But yeah, so acting was like that for me. And how about you, Alex? Uh, yeah, well, I was younger as well. I did every sport under the sun. I just, I was just no good at it, really. Uh, <laughs> and whenever I was very young, I was about seven. My mum knew I was quite energetic and she she wanted me to go to uh, Declan Wolf Stage School, the the stage school just kind of up the road for me. I didn't want to do it at all. It just was like, no, not something I'm interested in. I just, for whatever reason, at that young age, I went, no, I just don't want to do it. And uh, she made a deal. She was like, if you go to one class, you never have to go again. And uh, sure enough, I went to one and I was like, well, that was just the best. That was just the best 40 minutes I've had in my whole seven years of living. Uh, so oh, yeah, I, I didn't look back. Story. Yeah, I've, I've just gone. So yeah, since then, I, I went till I was about 15 and... Got a few small kind of jobs in Cork City in plays and stuff. Lost in Yonkers was my first paid gig. I got 250 quid for about eight weeks work and I was delighted. I got a new shirt. That's amazing. (laughs) 250 quid for eight weeks. That sounds like some slave labour. Oh man, it was absolute absolute slave labour. But uh, hey, look, every little helps. Uh, (laughs) It wasn't until then I was about, you know, I wouldn't say I always wanted to be an actor, but maybe when I was about 16... In fourth year of school, that was when I kind of went, uh, maybe maybe it's time to like, think I love it. And, you know, maybe I should just try and think about maybe doing it in college or something. But then when the film came out, it, kinda, it was like, yeah, let's let's give it a go. And that's after the film that I went into college and I only graduated last year. So, oh, wow. Busy, busy Again, I love that kind of that's a an interesting journey to go from kind of have the success and then go and do the learning as 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 such so i mean cork's an interesting p- place for that kind of thing because of all or of all the places kind of outside of dublin it feels like it is one that embraces the arts a bit and encourages the arts a bit a, a bit more maybe than a lot of the the kind of s- smaller outskirts and things around ireland um so it's something i kind of always end up bringing up but it's really interesting in ireland how much for a long time s- the stuff was made for Ireland and Ireland only. And and Love Hate is always the easy example that it's it's up yeah, there yeah. with the wire and the Sopranos, yet it just happened in Ireland and no one seemed to go, yeah. Oh, we should tell the rest of the world about this. So and so even in, at those points of wanting to become an actor, were you looking at American films or British films or were you looking at Irish TV and and and, and arts? We, yeah, we were talking about this almost earlier as well, just in terms of um I mean, yeah, and I think that's why Ireland breeds a lot of, there are a lot of great actors and, and storytellers and uh, people that come out of Ireland. I think it's because when you are growing up, you uh, that's what you're surrounded by. That's all you know, you know, so yeah. you, they do, we do become good at accents and we do become good at that because those are the stories that we see. And someone was asking us there earlier as well, um, going, are we surprised? Because I live over in London and, and like, I'm um, I'm surprised that, you know, it's received so well over there. And I remember at the beginning I was because 
just like that, I remember growing up and it was like anything made in Ireland is for Irish people. Yeah. And, and, and English TV shows and American films and stuff, we see it and, you know, but if it's made in Ireland, you just assume it's made in Ireland for Irish people and that's it. So when it kind of travels, you're like, oh no. It, and I feel like it is changing a lot now and it's amazing with Dairy Girls and normal people, you know, I feel like our stories want to be heard and, and that's amazing because particularly with Love Hate, I loved that show when it came out. Yeah. And I, I mean, everyone did in Ireland, but I was just so like that as well. I, I couldn't believe that more people hadn't hadn't seen it because it was just for the first time it was a TV show that I saw that was made in Ireland that I was just so, I suppose it was the time when I was getting quite passionate about acting as well and was just so proud of knowing that yeah. it came from here and I remember just being frustrated that people weren't seeing it. Com- so it feels it's good to think that's changing. Yeah, It, it feels like it's such a, a word of mouth thing w- with a show like that but, but I guess it's because it was pre- streaming because like the the first acting gig i did was yeah. with aiden gillen and and he told me about love hate and a couple of the other guys on there were all raving about it as the thing that, that they knew him from and i was like he's the guy from the wire i is the guy from the wire <laughs> yeah, what is yeah, this right. series that they're putting <laughs> yeah, above yeah, that yeah. kind of thing and all excited above so, it yeah it was exactly that but it's part. interesting what, you, what you're saying about the, the before streaming it was yeah. uh that's that's why it was such a big part of me and Chris is growing up because you, you go in on Thursday, Friday morning uh, after it was on on Thursday, yeah. everyone goes into school and goes, did you see what happened in the agent? It was just such a big thing every Thursday night. Yeah. And, uh, which I don't think you get with this whole binging thing at the moment. You just binge it and you kind of try to remember bits. But Love Hate was just Ooh. such a part of our school that years growing up that, that's so true all right that you missed that moment that you had to watch it this time or else you mix you missed it because yeah. we're saying is there a new um streaming platform that's coming out what's the name of it you know the one that does like little 15 minute things um, yeah i know the one you mean i can't um, think it's big production i can't companies, think it? it's a big one yeah. but someone was saying like oh steven spielberg's doing one and apparently you can own it's like a horror one or something you can only watch it when it's dark and you can only watch it at nine o'clock and everyone's like that's so cool and then it's my friend went what like TV used to be? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's almost going full circle. Like, yeah, yeah. These mad groundbreaking things. It's like, all right, you can only watch. Yeah, that's that's just how things work. But how does it feel knowing that, uh, particularly the way a, a young offenders has been em- embraced in Ireland? How does it feel knowing that kids are going to school the same way that you were? And talking excitedly about because it's also a show that's got these big moments. So there will you know that you almost know as you're watching which bits people are going to be talking about. Even if it is they've binged the whole series, there's still going to be this moment and that moment and that reaction. Like, how's that feel being the yeah, subject? Corey, of that, it, I guess it, it's it's very strange because whenever you're kind of living in it, it's hard to stand back and kind of look at what's kind of happened the past few years me and Chris are friends in real life. We hang out all the time and like people think it's people be kind of getting nervous around us and you go, why is, why are people being weird around us? But then you just look back on, let's say I'm 15 and I see, I see Nidge and Darren from Love Hate hanging out. That would be the most bizarre thing. Like that's amazing. So, (laughs) so it's weird to think that maybe like our show is the kind of the version of that, uh, today, which, which I I could be more proud of, you know? We were we were doing the Christmas special, and uh, after filming one day, me and uh, me Alex and Rob went. Rob Sheehan went for a few pints. Yeah, and uh, and it was just so bizarre because uh, he was he when we, when we were sitting down having pints, 
some people were just passing us in the street and just shouting, Jock Connor, or whatever. And then Rob like started laughing. He was like, that's you now, lads. And when we were like, what? He was like, <laughs> I can't remember who the actor was, but there was some Irish actor that would have been, you know, it was like of, of that, that sort of iconic, well, I'm not sure what the series was, but then everyone started shouting at um, Rob Sheen one day, Darren, Darren. And your man yeah. was laughing going, now I pass the mantle to you. Now you're the, the, and then when it was happened to us, then Rob was like, oh, that's you guys now. Now you're the, cause he had <laughs> probably 10 years of everyone just shouting Darren at him. Yeah. So yeah, I, I love it. Yeah. There's always a, a last time I was in Ireland. Always a recognizable thing. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, last time I was in Ireland, we, we went out having late night pints with, um, a, bl- a, bl- a blind boy from Rubber Bandits, and he's yeah, got it yeah. perfect because no one knows who the fuck he is. And like, literally, glorious, he was yeah. he was guesting on my podcast, and he struggled to get in the venue because he couldn't turn up with the pl- the plastic bag on his head. So he's just <laughs> kind of right. going, "I'm I'm a surprise guest, so I didn't want to s- s- say out loud too much." So he ended up just having to text me and say, "Can you come and let me in?" And I was like. I don't know what you look like because I'd met him initially with the back on his head. So yeah. Yeah, this yeah. could be. I don't know what he looks Tell like. Tell us what does he look like. Tell it's, us exactly. <laughs> it's a mystery, but it was. It meant it was that weird thing of during the show. It was like he's one of the biggest guys in the area, and then on the night out, it was the most casual thing, and we could just just go in any in any bar. But I mean, you spoke about the kind of being so d- deep into the journey that it's hard to see it all happening. To give people a bit of a. a a zoom out on it all. Um, I do a films of the year list um, every year on the podcast and on inst- on social media. And, and, and back in 2016, Young Offenders was on that list because I, I I loved the original film. It was one of those films that I instantly I remember I messaged my brother about it specifically because of the Pacino De Niro in the diner <laughs> yeah, yeah. kind of recreation yeah. scene because we're both big fans of Heat and that's we've talked about that as a classic scene and the way your characters kind of send that up and dismantle it in a way um, is just, it's beautiful. So starting there, like how did it come about? Because you're obviously friends now, but you didn't know each other before that, that right? So, yeah, so no, how did no, that no. come about? Because it was both of your debuts. So that's a big, a big kind of thing. So what's the story there? Mm-hmm. The year was 2016. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we, I, I, I got, um, I just remember an email through, you know, you'd always be looking at these online castings and my dad would drive me up to Dublin. I'd have his head wrecked for the occasional casting. And um, one came through, I just finished school and was starting, I hadn't gotten into drama school that year and I stayed in Cork and I went to uh, drama and theatre studies in Cork at the School of Music and which actually ended up just being an amazing year. But a uh, casting came through and I just turned up for it. It was looking for these two inner city Cork lads and I had no idea what to expect from it. And it kind of became apparent when we met the team that it was a very special group of people making it. But I mean, the budget was like 50, 60 grand. Yeah. And as little as I knew about film at that time, I knew that that was nothing. <laughs> yeah. So, but so we went and then, um, yeah, then, then I met Alex at the callbacks and well you can tell it from here but yeah <laughs> we uh, yeah it was two rounds of auditions yeah and uh but the, all, the, all the audition was the first self-tape peter foot the director and writer just said uh talk about yourself for four minutes where you grew up what you, what you like doing which four minutes is a long time for just to just to talk yeah. to camera about nothing 
And I remember I took loads of takes and I was just kind of standing there and eventually I made myself a little cup of tea and that, 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 that kind of calmed me down so I could talk a bit like this and have a drink and it made it a bit more natural and uh, without doing any accent. He, I think he just wanted to see is this, he, he wanted someone who has a bit of confidence or a bit of bravado or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, but it wasn't until the second round where I met Chris that, but we didn't even know there was two characters up for grabs. So I had to go with my mum because I was 17, I was underage and Chris was 19 I always remember when Chris went to the toilet in the in the kind of waiting room before we went in. I was like, "Mom, don't talk to him now because I'm gonna make him uncomfortable because we're both going for the same part." <laughs> so I, <laughs> and it worked, I was trying I to was psych sat, him out. I was sat in there. I was sat in there going like, "Why are they not talking to me?" Like I was like, "Hi, how are you?" And they were like, "Hi," and I would just stop. And I was like, "All right." I've changed okay. since then. I've learned that, that that's a that's a dirty way to play the game, but. Uh, Turns out we both we both got a part. <laughs> and when, when we got cast originally, this is what Peter says, but he was like, I, I, I know that I wanted to be ye two lads, but I don't know necessarily who's going to play Connor and who's going to play Jock. So we kind of played around with that for a while. And I remember going, oh, yeah, I suppose I could be Connor. And, and Alex, actually, you wanted to be Jock for a while, didn't you? And yeah. then when we look back in it now, we're like, imagine the world where it was the other way around. Yeah. It would just be uh, completely different. I mean, I mean... I- if we could go back in time, I could have sent him the Zoom recording of Alex c- coming in and getting your Zoom working and turning your iPods, <laughs> your, your, your earbuds oh on God. and off, and then it, it, yeah. it, it divvies up the characters perfectly. Um, yeah, it does. But it do you know really the way? Do you know the way? Some points in your life, you remember such vivid days, like that that day where we were cast and Peter, we were we were rehearsing, we we were auditioning for about two hours, and around. Two and a half hours in, he just said very casually, all right, lads, well, you have the part. And I was like, oh, wow. But I remember when I left and I, he just said, we, we, me and Chris both both left and we were walking through Cork City, this new friend of mine that I had to become close to and he had to become close to me. And we were kind of talking like, what is this? What what, what are we going to... It's like, this is a big deal, right? It's a film. That's that's great. And Chris was like, yeah, yeah, I don't know, though, it just might just end up on YouTube or something. <laughs> I, was, I was being a complete, I, I'd be quite an optimistic person in general, but I just think at that point I was like, I knew what the Irish films, a lot of them end up like not getting made for whatever reason. And then when I knew yeah. it was 50, 60 grand and we just got into a room and he's just been like, you've got the part. I was like, ah, oh, something's fishy about this. And I, was like, I don't know, man, it might just end up on YouTube. Don't get your hopes up. Just being an asshole in hindsight, but you know, maybe I was just getting them ready for the game or something. Or, or genuinely, <laughs> that I knew nothing about either. It, it makes perfect sense because, again, if if it it's easy easy with hindsight knowing that that was a huge moment and a big break, but in reality, if you've yeah. gone there and it's very low budget and they're kind of saying again, I've been in those meetings where they downplay it so much because they know there's not a lot of money and there's not going to be a lot to cover this, and we'll try and all pulled together on it and you're kind of thinking, all right, well, it's a passion project. So yes. in hindsight, you know, it, as you say, it was a 50,000 euros. It ended up making over 700,000 euros. So it was this huge turnaround and success. Um, with it in mind, though, it was both of yours kind of first role. You didn't know if it was a big thing or not, but you had to have quite distinctive haircuts you had to cut about yeah. in your pants a fair bit. Or was there any trepidation on your part of going, do I want to be doing this? Is 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 this what I want to do? Or was it instantly just, no, let's, let's jump in? 
It was. I think my. I, it was no trepidation on my part, but my mom at the time I was working in Debenhams, and she knew I wanted to go off to drama school, and I had to save my money, and and I and and we were we didn't get paid for the film at the time. Now since since it did quite well, we got money back, but at the time, you know, we were all giving up our time for for nothing and I think my mom was like and you're going to get that haircut and you lose your job in Debenhams and <laughs> yeah, I was like yeah mom you have to trust me I think it might be worth it so I always slag her off now just we, saying that imagine I hadn't and I kept my job in Debenhams and yeah. I loved working at Debenhams but it's a famous story of um, of Gareth from the UK office uh, Mackenzie Crook had to have yeah. that Gareth haircut for his his wedding day because they were, fit, and it was a tiny sh- sh- show at that point, and it was this kind of. He was like, "All right, I've got this haircut for the show, and now that's a permanent part of my history that I don't think his his wife yeah. has ever forgiven him for." But it's <laughs> it's it's what people don't often take into account is there is real world things you have to take into consideration as well, particularly as young lads who it's not. <laughs> I think my school money. my school got a bit worried about me because I I was in fifth year at the time, and I used to, I had quite I had long enough hair. And then one day I went in with that shaved head. I think they thought I was having a bit of an identity crisis. They were like, are you okay, Alex? Do you want to talk about something? I was like, like no, no, I swear it's for something cool. I love it. Uh, so, yeah. So but we, but you were asking there, it's up. like, you were asking, it, were we ready to just jump into yeah. it? We were such a big part of the process of um, almost getting the script kind of finished. And Peter was very right. much always asking us, what do you think of this? And what haircuts would you have in 2007? And it was between the haircut we got or like a box mullet with like frosted bleached backs. And yeah, it was, yeah, we're, yeah. he was asking us all this stuff because we went to school in 2007. So we were definitely just a big part of kind of making it and having these comedic moments and stuff. And how exciting is that at, at an early age to, to get that much input and in, involvement? All right, That's a dream. A lot of actors kind of dream of that down the line let alone at that early point to go you're part of the creation of these characters and these scenes and all of that that must have been amazing yeah you'd be worried yeah, almost like at the time we probably we not even probably we definitely took it for granted like we just thought it was this just fun thing that we were doing and which is exactly what it was but looking back on it it's like you're right that was an absolute gift but to us it was all we knew it was just this small family there was only seven crew members on set every day it was a DOP, Peter was director. There's Jonathan Hughes did makeup, continuity, and hair. Amazing. And it was just so, it was just tiny. But they were the best days. Peter, the director, would pick me up every day from home and bring me to set and all this. There was no, <laughs> none of this driver malarkey. Yeah. I love so. it. So, 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 how was it when it did blow up? Because particularly in Ireland, it, it blew up hugely. And that must have been. Yeah, strange as young kids, particularly again as your characters are quite a, a tearaways. I know, I know from talking to James Buckley, uh, who was in the Inbetweeners. He, he's Jay in the Inbetweeners, and when that blew up, his character is so far away from Jay. Yet on mm. any night out, there was expectation of him to be doing sh- shots and being this this wild lad. How was that having yeah. it blow up and having that kind of? everyone suddenly knows a version of you that isn't necessarily actually you because it's hard to distance characters two, from yeah, reality. I think I was, I was, um, I was over in, uh, at that point then I, when it did come out, I was in drama school over in London. Great. So I didn't actually, um, 
it was only when I come home for the holidays and stuff that I'd realize, oh, quite how kind of big it had gotten and the reaction it had gotten. And I kind of would look quite different. I usually kind of have a bit of like a mop of curly hair. So I could kind of um, uh, hide behind that. But you know what? It was lovely to come back to to have, you know, dreamed of doing some sort of thing and always wanted to be an actor. And then to see how well it was received and it was just the same way it is now. It's just a lot of love that you get. And I mean, if someone wants to come over and talk to you about it or take a photo, I mean, just in such a lucky position. So whenever I came home, it was like, oh, my God, is this actually because mm. <laughs> I didn't really know. I remember speaking to you, Alex, and you telling me like, yeah, it's, it's kind of kicking off here. And I was like, really? I don't know. I'm in London. Yeah. But Chris, do you remember how like exciting it was like for the premiere of the film? And it was just essentially we just get all of our friends together and we go to the cinema like I literally we I paid for a ticket to go see the film and I brought 15 <laughs> of the friends we had just just a big gang of us out and everyone was so excited because it was like no one knew someone who was in a, in a movie that was in the cinema and it was actually in Cork Omniplex uh, for something it was like 52 weeks it was like a full year it was just it was amazing. on all the time <laughs> it, be, it beat you, Star Wars and everything like I love that. Did you come to my, I had a load of my friends over. It was, this is one of the kind of moments I'll always remember now if at any other like film premieres or going to premieres. This was like, I had about 20 of my good pals from secondary school over to my house and we all like had a barbecue. My mom made a barbecue and my dad. And then uh, we all went into town and we were all, all going into the cinema and you could just, anytime there was a silence in the movie, you just hear like glass bottles falling over because all the lads were after sneaking in little small bottles of vodka and we were all just drinking, <laughs> drinking out of the cups in the cinema and if it was a big emotional moment all you'd hear was like ding 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 <laughs> um, yeah yeah probably shouldn't be saying that but it was very funny I, I love it and, and particularly as you said in 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 your local places it's one thing yeah. it feels quite distant to have things just blow up around the world or whatever else but it really brings it home when it is, it's at the cinema that you went to as a kid, or that you and your mates yeah. all snuck into, and stuff like that. And you're like, right now, I'm, I'm still sneaking in, but I'm on the screen as well. <laughs> I'm still yeah, sneaking yeah. in bottles, but yeah. you know, <laughs> it's the small exactly. things. Walking, walking down the cinema aisle, and usually it's a lot of, a lot of big Hollywood films on the posters, yeah. and then you walk past and it's like, oh, there's, that's me and Chris. Yeah, is, you kind of stand back and go, that's, that's great. <laughs> I love it. So, so. so so how did the series come about? Because there's kind of an option when a film like that blows up, are you going to do a sequel? But it was just at the point where we were getting more streaming stuff and, and I mm-hmm. BBC iPlayer was, was, was doing a lot more stuff and taking a lot more risks. So what was, yeah, I guess, how did the series come about and what was the original outlook and plan on all that? Uh, yeah, I suppose we just after the film. Did, was, Chris was the film on Netflix before we heard about the series because it was once the film went on sure, Netflix. Actually, it was just once the film got on Netflix. That's when it took a new lease of life. Yeah. and it was a, a universal kind of audience. But when we heard that people were interested in turning it into a TV show, it was just very bizarre because I'd never heard of that—a film being made into a show yeah. before. And it was, we were just delighted, especially the fact that it was the BBC and. They just wanted it to stay the same. Yeah. They didn't want to change it for a different audience. They were like, no, we like the, we like the film. Do what you do best. And Peter loved that too because we didn't want to change it for anyone. Keep it local, you know. Did you feel any... Yeah, oh, I felt a lot. Like, I think... I just say, yeah, the only thing I'd ever heard of it happening to before, which I loved, was just uh, This is England, you know, yeah. Shane Meadows. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd seen... I'd obviously loved, loved that film. But 
uh, it was really interesting just to watch how the kind of model almost changed while keeping the same. Like uh, the, the the series then in This Is England actually has a lot more comedic moments as well. Yeah. Um, and how it just adapted to a different medium and stuff. And I think Peter probably took a lot of stuff from that as well. But yeah, it very much stayed rooted in the same reality, but subtle things changed. Like it was no longer set in 2007. It was the real world. Yeah. But then we introduced the characters in the same way. Um, but for us, I think the characters were very much rooted in the same sort of reality. So it was just like going yeah. back and revisiting them again, which was just so much fun. I love that because it's a great parallel because a young offenders kind of did it the opposite way in a way. And the, the film as well, but the series does a great job of kind of barraging the viewer with mayhem and antics and crack and then surprising with emotional moments and tender moments, often with with involving Connor's mum and some of the, the background of the story and uh, and your life together. So how was that to, to start to put the series together and realise that you were going to have to find these dramatic moments and performances as well and make it all believable it couldn't Mm -hmm. just be here is a a couple of lads messing about and then it's a completely different feel when it gets serious you Mm have to to find that transition and and the truth in it i guess i always remember killian murphy talking about like uh peaky blinders was uh one of the first if not the first tv show that he was in and obviously it's it's grown to be bigger than a Anyone could have yeah. thought, yeah. but the way he he put it, he was like, "With a film, you've got an hour and a half, an hour forty five minutes to go through a whole arc." He's like, "TV shows, you've got you've got hours and hours and just so, so many episodes to tell a story." So that, I think again that that's Peter's writing, just knowing, okay, it can't just be comedy, comedy, comedy. Which I don't think it was in the film either, but we always say like for us it's not it's not that funny a show doing it yeah because it's all very serious we mean what we're doing it's not it's not all fun yeah. games it's funny to watch it but to to be in those moments sometimes aren't that and funny. that's where you rarely see the lads ever when we're when we're it's it's just peter would always be very aware of us ever smiling do you know when we're telling stories and stuff because nothing the lads are doing is funny to them at all it has to be so serious yeah. you know and i think that's why you get those moments and in terms of like the comedy with the drama all my favourite kind of writing or films always does that juxtaposition so well because in order kind of to, to feel the drama so much, if you're laughing just before it, then it's the complete opposite. It almost feels like a punch in the gut. You just get this landed on you all of a sudden. Like I find that myself and Alex ended up actually doing the same play I did in London and he did it in Dublin. But Martin <laughs> McDonough does that quite well as well. It's all humour and you're kind of laughing and then all of a sudden something happens. You're like, oh, Jesus. And you're still laughing and you realise you shouldn't be maybe... And like it happens in three billboards. So he yeah. does it so well in that. Yeah. And yeah. another film, my friends always bang on. Oh, well, I, I, my friends are just sick of me telling them. I always tell everyone to watch Son of Rambo. Yeah. It's one of my favourites. And it's just amazing. a real lighthearted. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the moments between like Will Poulter and Bill Milner, when it gets really like their friendship is on the line, it just is heartbreaking. Yeah. Because you've been laughing all the way along and then all of a sudden you're hit with this big dramatic scene and you weren't ready for it or expecting it. So Peter does that really well as I well. I think it's 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 something that gets to happen so much more, or traditionally so much more in film than in TV. And part of that, I think, is and again, I've kind of when I've been working on my own scripts, I've got into kind of arguments in commission meetings because they're saying, "Is it comedy or is it drama?" And it's like, "Well, has your week been comedy oh. or drama?" <laughs> it's like, yeah, exactly. It's it's been yeah. all these things, and I think because TV is so sectioned in that way. 
comedies are on mm. at a certain time and they run for a certain length of time. Dramas are an hour long and they're on at this time of night and so on and so forth. You get so much less of that. So it's beautiful when things like a, a Young Offenders, and this is England, as you said, can really blur the line of that and go, no, we're going to, we're not afraid mm. to be serious. Like we're not afraid to drop the 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 gag count down or the laugh moments down yeah. in favour of telling of telling a story because as you said you've got the time to do that now. Well, as you said, like it's like you, someone's week is in a comedy, and even like if you've been at a funeral of a loved one who was maybe old and it was their time to die, oftentimes like that's yeah, there's a lot of funny stuff that happened yeah. if it was amongst your your family and your you say some terrible things because you're you're that close and that can just be some people's way of coping with it. And that doesn't mean you're a bad person if you laugh at those during those moments. It's I just think that those, those are beautiful moments. It's just you saying that reminds me of it's just such an amazing I just love it in Manchester by the sea. Yeah. But mm. have you both seen that? There's a, there's a moment in it that it's just without ruining it. There's a, so if you haven't heard watch it, the block your ears. <laughs> but when um there's a fire and Casey Affleck it just arrived at the house and um, Michelle, oh, why am I forgetting her second Williams. name? Michelle Williams is getting put into the ambulance. Yeah. The 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 um, stretcher keeps on collapsing and like keeps on falling, and they're trying to shove it in, and it's just such a horrible moment. But in that moment, it's so awkward and kind of funny, yeah. but awful. And 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 he's written that it's just such clever writing and direction and you're like yeah oh, you're doing that on purpose because you're making me step out and question everything and go that's not funny because it's horrible but it's yeah. allowed to be because because yeah i said that is the reality of it all isn't it so hearing the both yeah. of you talk about film and tv and everything and hearing the input that you've had in the characters and in the kind of in the workshopping sh- of of young offenders at the start and throughout do, do, do either of you have plans to write or create are your own stuff it feels like you're both people who will have a million stories that you want to tell and characters that you want to bring to life is that something that's on your on your radar yeah chris has been writing over lockdown a good bit he's very excited about people getting on to me all the time yeah my, my well i can't, i wrote i wrote a short last year and i kind of just let, left it on the back burner for a while and i revisited that a bit but me and one of my close friends uh frank who's an actor as well we'd been saying for ages we'd write something so when this was all happening we were like we don't really have an excuse now so we just for facetiming for about hour and a half to two hours every morning brainstorm for three weeks and then when we finally had an idea we were set on and happy with we wrote it so we finished that a a, a month and a half ago maybe two months ago so just had a few meetings with it now but it's a feature so we're gonna try and go to producers now and it's amazing See if it's any good and the fun begins. But yeah, I definitely enjoyed the process of it. Really I've, loved I've, it. I've definitely felt guilty at points in lockdown because similarly, I've I've broken the back of a few different scripts that I'd been had been on the back burner for so long, and I know so many people are struggling massively in this time. But if you are a writer or anything like that, you can't hide from it in this time. So yeah, normally. You've got all these other things to go and do and get busy with. Whereas in lockdown, I found ex- exactly that. I, I can't have writer's block that, or tell myself I've got writer's block the whole time. I've got to just get 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 on with it. So it can be a really, yeah, amazing yeah. gift in that way. Yeah. One of the one of the directors of the last of season two of The Young Offenders, Jim Archer, was it an interview he gave um, 
few just like for young writers he's like just write every day yeah even if it's just absolute shit just write it down yeah and he's just like I know it's like an old thing just you know scrape through the shit until you find some gold but it just like whatever way he put it it was it was yeah just write anything no one's asking you to write Ulysses every day yeah you just got to write something I did it at the at the start of lockdown of just saying I need to do an hour every day on on the yeah, script because yeah. again I'm I, I might end up doing more but I can do an hour even if I'm just playing about with it and, m- and moving stuff around I can do an hour and if it's not working I've ticked off my hour and I'm done but more often than not exactly. I'd end up doing two hours or three hours or four hours because it starts yeah. to to flow that's the one thing that I always always find funny is like that I'd have that struggle as well and just go just do an hour just do it and then when I do it and I'm doing it and I finish I feel great yeah. But then the next time I go to do it, I'm like, come on, just do it, just do it. And it's the same that applies to like running or exercising. Every time I run an exercise, you can be guaranteed yeah. after it, I'm going to feel amazing and happy and the endorphins are flowing. Yeah. So why then do every day do I go, come on, just do it? It's like, no, because it's going to make you feel great. Yeah. So just do it. But you still have that struggle every day. And I always find that funny about humans. Like, you, you go, <laughs> I've been doing lots of swimming and I love swimming, jumping off the pier. But I hate doing it the first time. Yeah. Like, why do I hate doing this thing I love? It makes no sense. Um, yeah. People are sick. <laughs> I think just human beings. People are it? sick of me banging on about it. But a couple of years ago, I got into cold showers af- after oh, exercises. Really? So I've, yeah, every yeah. time I'm, I have a workout, I have a cold shower. And I spoke to someone about it. And they summed it up perfectly by saying, I've never felt w- worse after one. I can't say it always makes me feel amazing. But in general, I've, I've never f- felt worse. And that... Yes, and that, right, and, right, and right. that's now become my, like, if I'm str- struggling to motivate myself to do a workout, I kind of think, oh, I get to have a cold shower afterwards, so I'll go and get it done because that's become the okay. thing. And similarly with oh, really? jumping in the sea or any of these things, it is it's that <laughs> yeah. rush that it gives you completely automatically, like once you know it's not going to kill you or ruin your day or whatever <laughs> yeah, else, yeah, and it's, yeah. it's a buzz. But um, anyway, <laughs> going back to the show, um hmm. We touched upon the Christmas special of series one, wasn't it, earlier, um, with Robert Sh- Sh- Sheehan playing Robert Sh- Sheehan. It set <laughs> a nice tone yeah. because it allowed you to reflect on how fame affects people from small towns and also how small towns react to fame from people in positive and negative ways. Because it can be, if you're from a working cl- cl- class town, there can be that level of support t- until a certain point. And then there's like, uh, mm-hmm. fuck that Hollywood guy. Or, or whatever else. So, how was that to play with that in the script? Kind of at the point that you're doing a Christmas special, you've kind of had some experience of that. You've had the film blow up and the series blow up, so you've had that kind of the balance of, yeah. of people reacting, I guess. Yeah, that is a weird thing. Of like, it, it's very easy to cross that line until when you become a bit too big for your boots. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> which is a strange thing as well because we'd be asked to do a lot of stuff in character outside of the show and that was always kind of a firm no for us yeah. it's like we're the car- Jock and Connor are these characters in a show or even when like the BBC wants us to uh, for like publicity after season one they were like Connor and Jock talk about the show or they narrate the show and we're like no because they don't they're not in the show yeah yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. they don't know that they don't they don't know that the show's happening that makes perfect and I think, sense uh, which I think if we did all that kind of stuff and I think then people might start being like, okay, no, you should have left it where it is. You, <laughs> you yeah. know, keep it as a show. Because you wouldn't see other shows doing that. We're talking about Love, Hate. You wouldn't see them 
doing it in character you know, in, in the real world yeah yeah, over yeah. The top of it. and also we're just definitely not shaving our heads again just for a publicity stunt <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it takes so long it's so long to grow back man i love that but i mean you both spoke about um being into sports as as youngsters so in series two again you've got R- R- roy Keane playing roy Keane. how was that because that's that yeah. He's an icon, right? And then he gets... He, yeah. he, it's two people each series there. You've kind of got to have someone who's proper proper Irish and gone on to be known ar- around the world. So yeah. as, as, how was that to have Roy Keane in and, and work with him and b- b- be part of that story? Well, yeah, man, you, when I was younger, I wouldn't be the, a big, massive football fan uh, a- a- anymore I still like watch football if it's on and stuff but when I was younger I was yeah. obsessed but I was very much obsessed with that Man United team with like Roy Keane David Beckham like that was that was and then Ronaldo came towards it I'm actually not sure if there was much of an overlap there between Keane and Ronaldo but it was that that was my age when it was like everything was football so um he he basically epitomizes yeah my 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 youth in terms of football so when he was coming on set it was just mad it was it was class um yeah but incredibly down to earth yeah he's a great man. guy he's, there's not many people who can get yeah. away with telling Roy Keane to fuck off though so <laughs> I consider consider myself very lucky yeah, yeah. I got away with it yeah that's <laughs> got a free pass well Alex Alex in one of the bits was we were <laughs> then we did a little improv take and we all like said yeah fuck off whatever and then it was like alright we do one improv and then Alex gets mad carried away and starts saying like all these mad insults as as his character not to Roy really, Keane all like shouting at them and anyway it was like caught and anyway it disappeared then he just reappears at the window and I go did you say this to me and just says all the stuff back and Alex was like yeah yeah sorry <laughs> yeah I love it but that was one of those that was one yeah. of those great moments where like my dad and my brother were big Man United fans still are and uh, I got the, it was quite a close set that day just you know it was quite intimate And uh, but I was like there's no way Roy Keane's coming on set and my dad and brother aren't going to meet him so they came on as well they were watching it for the day and Whatever happened, they were sitting down and the camera turned around and before they knew it, they were kind of looked over and Roy Keane was just standing beside them. They were like, hi, hello, Mr. Keane. And they were just chatting to him for ages and it was just, you know, great to just look over and see my dad chatting to this icon, you know, and he, he they just had a great chat and he was he was so lovely. Like I love that. It feels a, like a real... A gentle giant. It feels like a real f- f- family and, and, and community f- feel on set from what oh, you're saying time. how's that kind of developed from as as you, you said on the film it was a, a seven person crew and for a series mm-hmm. that's going to have, have have grown i'd imagine so how's that been oh, as yeah. each series has gone on to keep that kind of Honestly, family feel I, and that I, that close-knit moments i feel like we've kept it i feel like the, the crew's grown obviously massively um there's like close closer to 50 people now in the crew yeah. more even and um but like we're all still so close. We lived in the same kind of proximities when we were filming, and with regards to like extras and stuff, like in the Christmas in the Christmas special, my dad played the taxi driver who was dropping us off on the church and stuff. Amazing. And he got a line and everything. And in season three now, you'll see Chris's dad, Martin. He's he's yeah, got an extra dad. role as well. So I love it. <laughs> but no, it's, it stays very local. It it's very important to us that we kind of we don't. We don't let and the we show lose what it has. With all the crew, yeah, 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 it definitely feels that way because you know everyone as well was in the same boat. A lot of the crew that did the film that still went on the kind of punt that we all yeah. did because we just yeah. love doing it. They're still there, like 
Paddy Jordan still on on camera. Like it, it's it's still, and we still look and have a pint uh, uh, in the evenings and go like, "What? This is just mad that we're all still here together mm-hmm. and 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 just having so much fun." Well, uh, w- yeah. Uh, with that in mind, Chris, last year you stepped into a very a different world in a role in one of the most highly acclaimed films of recent times in 1917. And to, to oh, yeah. it must have been weird g- going from stuff that's essentially making it with people who are your mates and, and your family, essentially, and quite loose to something that by the nature of the way it was filmed had to be incredibly tight and very pr- pressured, I guess. So, so how was that to jump in there yeah i mean it was so cool just to be a part of that you know um i particularly those war films i always find them quite like iconic particularly like there's a lot of young actors that you go on then to see like if you watch band of brothers you see fassbender tom hardy like andrew scott james mcavoy and all in their youth so whenever there's a there was a war film i just wanted to be a part of that in whatever way and even just having a handful of lines I was at an event with my with my agent. It was this thing I was looking to get called. Um, it was a BAFTA breakthrough. It was BAFTA breakthrough. Brits called, but I always just called the BAFTA breakthrough because I'm Irish. <laughs> um, but at that at that event, um, Pippa was there. Pippa who was producing it, and I was like to my agent, I had a few drinks. I was like, can I just go up to her and ask her? Can I be in it? Like she said, you have to give me something. <laughs> and my agent was like, yeah, I do. So I went and spoke to her, and then the next day, then I um, there was a meeting set up with Sam, and. Uh, he was just super, super cool. Um, actually ended up being a fan of The Young Offenders. He, but I started talking, you know, in these auditions, you start speaking about, I'm doing this play at the moment, I'm doing the play in the West End, and I'm doing a, I did a series. And he's like, oh, I know all about that stuff. He's like, just tell me about you. Um, so then when I got cast, even in that small, tiny little part, just showing up on that set and just seeing like Roger Deakins walking yeah. around and Sam Sam there and just it just being such a big machine it was just incredible to be a part of and and that sequence is like a 10 minute long take so and anytime the sun came out we'd have to just cut because it had to be overcast um so just to be there I was only there for the two three days I think I was up in in Salisbury but it was just so cool to be a part of and see how a machine like that worked but like particularly to to George McCoy and, and and Dean they 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 were just incredible in terms of hitting those beats and hitting their lines at exactly the same position and exactly yeah. the same. It was just, it's like doing a th- it's like doing theatre, but with a hundred mil well, budget. Well, that's the kind <laughs> or whatever of the it was. weird and beautiful thing yeah. about it. Like I'm 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 a bit obsessed with one shot things. I've like a load of my music videos I directed as one shot because I think it's just a great mm. party trick almost. It's a great thing to go. Oh, we nailed it. But equally, <laughs> it's also in ways quicker as you said you would have only been there for a couple of days because you're not having to turn over turn around and do multiple angles and resetups you you're doing the same thing over and over again i guess so yeah that must have been a crazy experience So, so how how was it then to come back to a more relaxed atmosphere and 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 come back to young offenders and be like oh i'm i'm i can relax i can breathe out now i'm not just kind of looking around going I know him from that and I know him from, I've seen him on this. Like, again, that's yeah, the kind of yeah, the thing right, on right. any of them big sets. You're like, oh, that's that guy. And <laughs> do I belong here? Whereas it must have been nice to come back and yeah, go, Yeah, no, it was great. Again. It was, it was just like coming back. Well, I mean, the first thing was we actually went straight to shooting after I right. did that. They kind of moved stuff around a small bit to allow me to just do those, those few days. Beautiful. And then just to come 
to come uh, straight back, came straight back to Ireland, head shaved. As soon as the hair comes off, you're back in character. Absolutely. With Alex, with, with, with Hillary, with everyone, it just feels like kind of coming home a bit in that regard. So it was definitely just, uh, yeah, I could, I could, I could relax. And, and but we were, we were all like this proud family when he came back, like waiting for him. We we're like, how is the big move? He said, because we forgot we're also making, we're, we're also making a show, <laughs> yeah. but we forgot we are. We're like, what was it like on the film? On the film set? Yeah. <laughs> that was great. My boy's coming My home. My boy. <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? Because I think it is, again, like, one of the things that comes up the most on the podcast is imposter syndrome. And it's because we all really struggle to look at what we're doing and give ourselves credit for it. Again, it's fucking amazing what you guys have done from this small 50,000 a euro film to three series. So I guess as we come towards the end of the chat, what, ahead within the young offenders and, and without the young offenders because again it is one of those shows that you you're playing a couple of young lads so you can't mm. necessarily do it forever you, you know there's there's a lot of that can be done by sh- sh- yeah. shaving the sides of your heads and slinging you in a tracksuit but there's a certain point where <laughs> it, can't, it can't continue but yeah yeah so, so, so what's the thought and outlook there i guess on f- f- for both of you together and separately I, in a way yeah no, it's it is a it is a strange one. It's like we're in this great thing at the moment that it's a it's a show that people seem to really love and to be a part of it is amazing. And then it's like, oh, are you? Or people ask, are you just going to keep it going forever? It's like, well, obviously not forever. But then it's like, when when do you stop it? And it's these conversations that we're all having. None of us know between myself, Chris, Hillary, and Peter. And yeah. you know, it's just hard to know when's the best time to leave it. It's like, is it after three, beginning, middle, and end, or should you? do like, I don't know, six or end it with another film. Yeah. So it's, it's just such a fortunate uh, problem to have, yeah. uh, you yeah, know, yeah. but um, I, I just, I, I, I would always it, love it to end on a high. I suppose that's the biggest thing. Yeah. It's such a great journey. I'd hate for, I'd hate for it to, to kind of peter out, you know, so we'll just yeah. have to wait and see. But you've only, Alex has only been in the drama school as well, like just over... <laughs> over a year you know um so yeah. i suppose he like yeah did you know that I think, chris was in the lieutenant of inish moore in london playing davy and i the next year i was in the gaiety in dublin in lieutenant of inish moore playing davy as well martin mcdonough martin yeah. mcdonough looked over the casting for the dublin one as as i'm sure he did the west end one as well but he didn't know that i was that me and chris were so close he was he just so he was like, "Yeah, you, you, you." He gave the part to me, you know. But he, and he was like, "Oh, who's the other guy? The guy in the show?" But Chris wanted Olivier, so he sat. They, he sat in the front row and kept dropping his Olivier over all my jokes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, no, uh, I think I think I the same as what Alex said. You know, we have so much fun doing it, and if there's a story to be told, there's a story to be told. But you know, if this is the end of it, then this is the this is the natural end, and we just figure out what's right. But I think we're both keen as well to go on and kind of do other things. And if if there's a story to be told, then it will always be a joy to come back to the Young Offenders because I mean it will be our first yeah. job, and I mean the, the the family we made there are, 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 are we're all just so close to, mm. and it's I think it's very dear to us all. So. Um, yeah, we'll see. But yeah, who know, do you know, to be honest with you, who knows? We don't I love know. It. I, 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 yeah. I love the idea, as you mentioned, of 
of starting on a film, ending on a film. I also love how mm-hmm. how this is England. That film happened, and the series came ages after. So, so yeah. again, there's some beauty yeah. there of going. Yeah. We want to return to it in a few years and see where these guys yeah. are and what they are now and and what they've become. I must say, I love the idea of that. I'd I'd love to do another film in like ten, yeah. twelve years. Yeah. I think that would be very. I don't know. Was did, tra- did tra- the, like a bit like train spotting yeah. too? I was going to say, did that get it? I loved it. I did loved it. Get it. it. It got a. It did yeah, get a good response, yeah. Because again, I went in so skeptical because I thought, oh, what are they doing? Because no, Train Spot is a so mad good. example of until this this sequel, I can't think of anything where you know these characters so well and you only oh, ever spend ninety minutes it, yeah. with them. It's it's so mad. You think of Train Spotting as this whole series, but it was this ninety yeah, minutes. That's and true. It yeah. was so iconic, but that that return was was perfect. Yeah, but that's the thing. They returned. The the film was twenty years after, but they all the characters were also twenty years older, so it it kept the time space, which yeah. I'd, I'd love to do as well. Yeah. I love uh, that. Like, so, ha- yeah. or just jumping back, Alex, how was it being focused on on drama school while you already had this thing that was happening? Again, I think it takes a lot of focus yeah. and dedication to not go. Well, I'm kind of here to learn how to do the stuff that gets you a film and a TV show. I'm already yeah, doing that. You, are, you so. are and you aren't. I mean, I knew I was, um, I, I knew I was, <laughs> I was good enough at playing a young lad from Cork. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I wasn't naive enough to go, all right, that's me sorted yeah, now for, yeah, yeah, for the yeah, rest yeah, of my yeah. life. And, you know, I was, I'm still obviously very young and, uh, I wanted to do the college experience. I knew that's kind of where you make friends for life as well as secondary school. And, yeah. um, but the biggest thing was just kind of, I was just kind of, I knew there was more to acting than what, than what I thought I knew. Yeah. Like I, I went, I went into first year going, I have no idea what I can learn. So there must be a lot of stuff Yeah. because yeah. I can't even, I don't know what I can't learn because I haven't learned it yeah. yet. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but college sense. was very supportive because in most drama schools, they don't like you working when you're in yeah. drama school. But I think I was, they knew that the film was such a big part of, um, you know, my life before I started that they let me kind of during the summers film the series and stuff. So it was a very busy three years of, you know, classes and then summer and then shoot the film and back to shoot the series and back to go into second year and stuff. But no, the Lear, the Lear Academy in Dublin, they were very supportive. It's a sister school to RADA. So RADA helped kind of set up the Lear right. where Chris went. Chris was in RADA as well. So, but yeah, people be asking kind of, why did you, why did you bother with it? It's just, I don't know, just hopefully I'm a bit of a better actor than I was when I went or, in, I guess, or, in a nutshell. Or Paddy Considine did that. It, like, I had him on the on the podcast quite early on, and he was saying he he went to drama school after Dead Man's Shoes. And Dead Man's mm. Shoes, in my opinion, is one of the greatest performances. So it's like, to think, it's like, what what have you oh, got to learn? So but he, his, he had the exact same outlook there. It was like, no, I've, I nailed that, but I'm not going to get to do that over and over again. Yeah. That isn't a career. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm really pleased with how I did that, but I don't really know anything else yet. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he didn't go in for a scary, mad, intimidating <laughs> <day classes. laughs> no, 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 no. He went home. He got, to, yeah. oh, he got yeah. to take over his teacher in that one. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also just, sorry, a big, yeah, a big part of drama school for me or college was just, I can now have conversations about 
you know, stuff. You, you, you don't only just, it's not just learning how to act, it's learning what it all is. And you meet people in the industry kind of coming in and talking to you. Yeah. And I know, I now know loads of young actors because I'm in college with them and they, a lot of them turned into great writers and they're writing stuff and I get to read that stuff. It just kind of connects you all with everyone, which is a very important thing. Especially Ireland, it's so small. It's mm. nice to kind of know that there's a good, you know, ecosystem of actors and creators and stuff. Yeah, I love that. And I think more than ever, people are excited about those voices. As you said, mm. with young offenders and dairy girls and, and so many other things, it feels like it's a great time for, for that reaching out. Again, there is the as long as you can be comfortable with the fact every American is watching it with subtitles on, as as, <laughs> as long as you can take that on the chin, then then it's it's perfect right, time to, right. to get yeah. that words out. Well, I'll wrap things up there, guys. Thank you very much for your time and for solving the technical issues. I know I was very demanding <laughs> on these things, so I oh really appreciate God. you. No, no, you put it in no, the effort thanks there. for waiting on us. <laughs> no, it's not a problem at all. It's Thank been a pleasure. You, yeah. and it's, I think, the, yeah, the, the listeners should know it took about 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, well, oh, it's a pleasure. Much, this, is our first proper, this is our first proper podcast yeah. too, so thank you. I love it. Well, it's been a delight. <laughs> thank you, guys. You've been listening to Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces. There we go. How lovely was that? It was really cool to set that up. We we touched upon it in the conversation, but we l- l- legit spent over 20 minutes getting all the technical stuff together to make that work. And we were all kind of awkward and embarrassed, but... I'm a big fan of these guys and it turns out they've they've listened to a bit of the podcast and stuff like that as well. So we really wanted to make it work. So I hope you enjoyed that and appreciate the efforts of those guys and their PR team and everyone. Um, go and watch all three series of Young Offenders if you haven't already. In fact, we were recommending it. I was recommending it to my dad over the weekend we were recommending young offenders and we were recommending what we do in the, sh- the shadows both on iPlayer but both ones as well that we said to my dad first watch the film and then start the series because because that, that's the order it should be done in in my opinion so yeah enjoy all of that I'll be back next week as I mentioned with Sh- Shannon Murphy it's a it's a mini episode but it's a really great chat about um her process in 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 making films genuinely it was it was amazing um I wasn't sure how it'd be I kind of said look I've only really seen obviously I've seen Killing Eve but I've only really seen one of her films it's a it's her debut feature film but she's done other series but a lot of it's in Australia so I wasn't sure if it was going to be the right fit but we went for it and it was amazing so um yeah you'll have that on Friday as a little bonus treat and I think you're going to like it see you then ta ta